Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 56% of job seekers say the biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications. This according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be lonely, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding that job that fits you. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location nearest to you at ExpressPros.com. No fees for somebody seeking a job. Visit ExpressPros.com. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour one on this Tuesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. Gang's all here, including Fritzy. Your phone call's always welcome. Operator Tyler standing by. 877-3DP-SHOW. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day. All of that forthcoming. Good morning. If you're watching on Peacock, Thank you for downloading the app. That's our streaming partner and our radio affiliates around the country, numbering nearly 400 cities that carry this program. The calendar is available. Pre-order the Dan Patrick Show 2024 calendar. Be the first on your block to have this, but maybe not the only person on your block to have this beautiful calendar as we recreated some uh, iconic, would you say, portraits? Works of art. Works of art. Yes. We added, well, we detracted from these works of art, but it's really, really well done. We're getting a little snooty, a little upper crust with this. Mm. It's a, it's a, it's foo foo. Ooh, it is. Yeah, foo foo like foo fighters. Yeah, a little bit. Did you hear Christopher Walken introduce the foo fighters on Saturday night? Foo fighters. Foo fighters. Foo fighters. <laughs> but I guess he Ladies did that twenty twenty years ago. He introduced the foo fighters, and he emphasized fighters. And they thought that was great. And then they said, Christopher Walken, this legendary actor, is going to do it again. They go, we want you to emphasize fighters. Foo fighters. All right. Uh, gang's all here. Marvin, Paulie in the front row, Fritzy and uh, Seton in the back row. Fritzy's got sunglasses on. Is that your costume? That's my costume. Who are you? Wait, let me see. Okay. See if you can guess who it is. Okay. Hmm. Maybe this might help, but it's not good for radio. Okay. Great, then do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you Stevie Wonder? Not Stevie Wonder. Oh, jeez. Are you uh, Tom Cruise in... Uh... Risky Business? I am Joel oh, Goodson. Okay. I was going to say... Uh, Risky Business. I was going to say Roy Orbison. Sometimes you got to say, what the F? Okay. Oh, okay. You're right. It's not good for radio. If you were in your underwear and a button-down shirt, Ooh. that might go over a little better, Todd. Just saying. Just yeah. the sunglasses. And then we get some Bob Seger playing. And then Take you... those off! Thank you, Todd. Yes, Paul. I thought it was Fritzy with glaucoma, which I can make that joke because I... Yeah, you I only have one good eye. That's right. Yeah. Glaucoma. Uh, and our remembrances of your father who uh, passed away... Halloween day. Yeah, Halloween day. Yeah. Afternoon, yeah. so we're not really there yet. Yeah. Oh, okay. I saw him in the morning, Dan. That was the last time. And then you didn't get to go trick-or-treating and you didn't get to see your dad again. That's right. Not in that order. Yeah. <laughs> not in that order, to be fair. But your friends brought candy over to the house. They did. They brought a big... Uh, Big, like a bucket of candy, like a huge oh, bucket. Yeah, it's very thoughtful. We'd always get a pillowcase when we'd go out. We it, had like garbage. We had like bags from the local store, like repurposed. Uh, and like whatever. Yes, Eden. Is there one candy, Paul, that you associate most with that bucket? Oh, a trigger candy? Like uh, like, like Almond Joy. Like you've never had Almond Joy ever yeah. since you were 10 years it's old. It's Almond because... Pain now. Right. Yeah, there's no joy. It, it's mm. coconut and mm. horrible pain. Yeah, you mm. hate coconut and pecan yeah. because of that. That day, really. Yeah. yeah. My dad also hated coconut pecan. Mm. Back Thanks. to you, Dan. Okay. Stat of the day brought to you by <laughs> Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. If you get this, then you get our sense of humor. <laughs> Just saying that the Dead Dads Club, uh, yeah. Someone reminded me that yesterday uh, was a, the four-year anniversary of quite possibly one of the meanest 
poll questions ever, would Paul rather Walter Payton or his dad be alive? <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what, what did you uh, answer? Still to working it? on that. Okay. <laughs> you got to give me time to think. Okay. Man. All right. Touchy uh, subject. <laughs> I think I may have cried more than when Walter passed away than when my dad did. I think I was in shock when my dad did, but when Walter, I was like, I think I actually cried, and I was an adult. How did you find out? That Walter passed away? No, your dad. Uh, I came home from school in my dopey Halloween costume, and I walked up to my house, and I saw my grandfather's car. My grandfather never drove his car. He was like four towns over yeah. on my mom's side, and my grandfather had this old like Buick whatever 88 i don't know what saber yeah and it was green he drove it once a year like just to keep it and i saw it in our part in the driving and i'm like oh something's going on like why would my grandfather be here yeah and i just i, I just thought like, something's going on and uh then one of my friends from across the street came over and he goes hey man how you doing and i think he realized i hadn't been told yet my next door neighbor had been told i don't know how and then i walked in the house and mm. i knew something was going on and, that's and you have your Halloween costume on. You're coming from school and you walk in. Yeah, I think I was dressed as like Frankenstein or something. I had like shoulder pads and green face paint. Mm. And the tears went right down the face. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then I was told. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Probably known Paul for like 20 years is the first time I ever heard that story. Yeah. First time. Yeah, I guess. Never been asked. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird because I came home from, saw him in the morning, came home from school, walked in the house. They told me. And I kind of was foggy about what happened the rest of the day. But my little grade school team, the, Chicago, the Glenwood Cougars, and my dad was one of our assistant coaches, we had a game the next day. And I remember I played poorly. But I played, and we all played, which was actually a good thing that we all played, like all my teammates got together. That's going to be in the 30 for 30, that, the that last you scene. actually played in that game. Yeah. yeah. Playing poorly. Yes. How much <laughs> did that have to do with the situation? Or just oh, I was playing poorly well before week. my... Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> did, the, did the announcers mention that your father had died and it's amazing that you're out there on the field? It was a courtesy start. They started me over like Ricky Cousineau, who was way better. I'm not kidding. They courtesy started me on D-line. <laughs> Back to you. Clean that up. This first hour brought to you by Discover Cashback Debit. Paulie's dad never had a chance to use it. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with he had a cash- great credit rating, though. Back on everyday purchases, I'll take your word for it. Check out eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rangers beat the Diamondbacks, and they go up 2 1 in the series. The Lions handled the Raiders. Jameer Gibbs breaks out. Lions now 6 and 2. Rangers Diamondbacks game four tonight. And in case you're just hearing, James Harden has been traded to the Clippers for a bunch of expiring contracts, some draft picks, and reportedly by Woj, there will be a third team involved in this to make it all work out for everybody. We'll dive into that coming up. Uh, You can uh, email us at uh, dp at danpatrick.com, our Twitter handle at DP Show, and we say good morning to Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio as well. All right, Seton, poll question today begins with... Well, we got one here from uh, Pauly. Mm-hmm. Which franchise feels like it's in the worst shape? Okay. There's a bunch of options here. I don't know that it, some of them belong on here, but we could populate. Okay. Uh, the Bears, Natch. Yeah. Um, the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They feel like they're in worse shape than the Bears. Uh, maybe the Giants. Giants feel like they're not in great shape right now. And they're a seller at the trade deadline. Get rid of uh, your best defensive lineman, Leonard Williams. It's not great. No. Never a good sign. No. Um, the Panthers. I don't know that I would put the Panthers on here. Well, they don't have their first pick. So if you're going to factor in that they're bad, they just won, they beat the Texans. But if as far as building that team, you've already traded away your first round pick. Because they're in the process of building the team. Yes. Like, see, I would say that the Giants were in way worse shape than the Panthers because they maybe they're a little further into the process, the Panthers, than the Giants. Uh, I think I think the Panthers are more ground level. I think the Giants probably, from the outside, had a nice building, a nice brownstone, but inside, not good. Needs a full gut. Yeah, like, you, you, yeah, Reno. And then, I mean, I don't know what they're doing with Danny Dimes, and he's not the you know the full problem here. It's just they were a playoff team last year, and I think the expectation level was pretty high. 
that, all right, you re-sign Saquon, you bring back Danny Dimes got extended here, got a pretty good defense here. Everybody was all in on Brian Dable. He was the coach of the year last year. You were in a tough division, but I think people thought that, uh, you know, the Giants were going to be pretty good. Nobody thought Carolina was going to be good. Uh, Just got their first win, though. Yeah. That's got to feel good. That, to me, feels like, uh, all right, hey, we're figuring it out. Let's go. Come on. We can do this. Uh, Who has more wins by the end of the year? Cardinals, Bears, Panthers. Anybody else that we throw in there? How many wins do the Broncos have right now? They are three and five. Yeah, three the Broncos have turned, turned. They've turned a corner. Yeah, they've, they've turned a corner. Yeah, they. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now they're a force to be reckoned with. Yes, Paulie. Caroline, I threw them on that poll because some people don't like the Bryce Young draft pick. They don't think it's working out. Mm. They don't think it's going to work out. Now that's yeah. way impatient. But if you believe it's not going to work out, then they're in real bad shape yeah. now and for the next couple of years. And nobody's going to say that that Bryce Young is not the guy that they should have taken. I mean, people will say it but in the organization, but you have an owner who is not patient. And if, if C.J. Stroud, now they just beat C.J. Stroud and the Texans, but had they lost to them and, and Stroud balled out, then all of a sudden I think you would start to hear a little bit more from inside. But as it is now, I don't know if Frank Reich wanted Bryce Young, but he was probably told to take Bryce Young whether he liked him or not. Uh, so I, that's always interesting when the owner tells the coach, this is who we're taking. And, you know, Jerry Jones has famously done that. Uh, the Browns with, you know, Jimmy Haslam, you know, they've done that as well. And, you know, and that's when things go sideways. When, it, when the owner gets too involved, that's when bad picks happen. And uh, we've seen that before. Bryce Young is a, you know, really good football player. I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. I don't know if he can withstand 17 games um, and trying to protect him and trying to protect him from himself. C.J. Stroud seems to be a little further along than uh, Bryce Young does, but, you know, it's a long season and uh, hopefully long careers for us to decide, you know, which team took the right quarterback. And maybe both teams took the right quarterback. Uh, The game last night I thought was interesting from the standpoint of, I don't expect anything out of the Raiders, but the Raiders do have some storylines. Max Crosby is fun to watch. Fun. Seaton brought up a great point about Max Crosby. This is a violent game, and it feels like the guys who play this violent game look at Max Crosby like, dude, slow down. You're going to hurt somebody. Yeah, he's got that like energy that even amongst the, the like toughest dudes that are like running around, it's like, yeah, we're killing it. They're like, God, man, take it easy. Chill out, man. It's just a game. Jeez. You got Devontae Adams, who I've been saying since he got there, didn't seem like he wanted to be there, and he had one catch. He should have had three and probably two touchdowns, but Jimmy Garoppolo, once again, another storyline, he uh, had a couple of bad passes there that Devontae Adams was wide open. You've got Josh McDaniels, who's coaching for his job, I believe. And other than that, you know, this is a team two years ago, in the red zone, in Cincinnati, against a Bengal team that went to the Super Bowl. And they had a chance to win. They got rid of Derek Carr. They, they brought in Jimmy Garoppolo. And yeah, I know all Jimmy does is win, but all Jimmy does is win with good teams. This isn't a good team. And he can't carry you. Now, do you do anything? Do you trade Devontae Adams? The Raiders, I guess, on record saying they're not going to do that. So all those storylines as I'm watching the game. Wasn't a good game. And the Lions were allowing the Raiders to stay in it, uh, kicking field goals. Uh, Gibbs is wonderful. Uh, You know, I think most people thought it was a stretch to pick him where they did, 12th. Um, You take a linebacker. You take a tight end. Uh, You know, Sam Laporta is going to be up there for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, he's putting up historical numbers for a tight end. And this is coming from Iowa, the worst (laughs) offense in college football history. And this guy has been great for uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff had one bad throw last night, and Marcus Peters made him pay. But that's Marcus Peters. Uh, He giveth, he taketh away. He loves to gamble and uh, gambled. And uh, Jared Goff may have been trying to throw that ball away, but you had to pick six there. So you have those storylines. We're waiting to see if the Lions rebounded from the previous week, which they did. 
And you're seeing, I think, true joy in Detroit, which we haven't seen before. It's been a long, long, long time. You know, their two most famous fans are rappers, Eminem and Jack Harlow. That's their celebrity fan base. You got a great coach, interesting coach. Uh, they play hard for him. And if I'm the Lions, I look at that division. Kirk Cousins gone. You got the Packers who are substandard. You got the Bears who are bad. Don't lose to those teams. Take care of business. Get home field advantage. Then the Eagles are coming to Detroit. Or San Francisco is. Or Dallas is. Now that's where you make that big move and you get to a Super Bowl. But it's been a long, long time. You could see the joy in the like they're just waiting. They're just waiting for something. You're on national TV and you want to showcase your team and your fandom. Although the uniforms, oh no, uniforms, it felt like they spent way too much time on the helmets and the jersey and not enough time on the pants and the socks. And I thought, okay. And as Paulie pointed out, his wife said, are they sponsored by Lululemon? And if you don't know Lululemon, ask your wife or your daughters. But they have these look like tights on, workout tights. Didn't look good. But uh, you can't do gray pants, gray socks. You know, that blue, what is that? Honolulu blue? Sure. That was gorge. Gorge. Yeah. But, um, and the Raider, you know, those Raider jerseys and, I mean, everything about the Raiders, it's timeless. Marvin says 300 years from now, we're going to be going, well, we won't be going. Uh, that, uh, oh, man, look at those Raider uniforms. They still look great. Yeah, Yankees, Dodgers, mm-hmm. Raiders. Mm-hmm. Maybe some others, but those three for sure. Do you put Penn State in there? Sure, why not? Okay. Well, just some don't look at it as, you know, they look at it as boring. Or some say, boy, that's just classic looking. You know what? I like the way they just kind of stuck to their guns. Like, we don't need 89 uniforms to be a second-tier Big Ten team. Oh, did you just call out Oregon? (laughs) No, I said second-tier Big Ten team. Well? Penn State. Oh, I I thought you were talking about Oregon has all those jerseys. Oh, they do. I'm saying they're not going with the trend. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a night game, so we're just going to, you know, do this different uniform. No, we're just going to stick with the all-whites. No logo, no nothing. Mm. We're just a boring team. Mm. Yeah, Paulie. I think when Oregon, if you go back 20 years ago when Oregon really started doing that during the Joey Harrington time and all that, they were, you know, fighting for relevancy and trying to get East Coast college football coverage to look at what they're doing out there. And that's part of the reason they did it. And then they got the substance of their good football team or a great football program. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, some people do that wild field and then they don't play good football. Yeah, they had style. They didn't have substance. Now they have both. Yes. Yeah, I, I think Kid Rock and Tim Allen are feeling slighted right now, by the way. Is Kid Rock a celebrity? Oh, yeah. Sure. Kid rocking up and down your block? (laughs) With Eminem and Jack Harlow? I mean, you know, maybe not quite as current uh, in terms of their most recent works. Okay, all right. Okay, my bad. All right. Uh, Tim Allen's a local? I think he grew up in Detroit or Michigan. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, okay, Kid Rock and Tim Allen. Maybe Keegan-Michael Key to round out the top okay, five right. there, and now we're talking. Okay, all right. Uh, how about we look at uh, other franchises? Uh, is Jeff, uh, is it Jeff Daniels, oh, the actor? Yeah, he's big time. He's from Michigan. Wait, are we just taking everybody from Michigan <laughs> here and just saying, well, they got, like, Bob Seger has got to be a fan of the Raiders, or the uh, uh, Lions. Bob Seger on the list of famous Lions fans. <laughs> okay. All right. I sit corrected. Don't want to insult the fan base, but I, I was just mentioning their fan base. Their two biggest celebrity fans are rappers. Yes, Eden. Yeah. yeah. Just, let's just get things okay. correct. Yeah. Uh, Kid Rock uh, can also rap, Dan. Oh, he can. <sighs> <laughs> Do you believe that? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. All right. Let me take a break. We, uh, we, we overstayed our time there. We should have taken a break there. Crush that. Gotten out clean. All right. Uh, phone calls are always welcome. Tyler standing by. We'll come up with a poll question today. Uh, a little bit later on, we have oh, the Monday morning quarterback, Albert Breer, will join us. Also, Chris Mannix will dissect the Clippers and the 76ers. Who won? We always love to do that. 
Take a break. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. He is the Monday morning quarterback, Albert Breer, back on the program. Give me the state of uh, these two teams that played last night. Let's start with the Raiders. What condition are they in right now? You know, they're sort of in this in-between, Dan, because they did these things, you know, when Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels got there, um, you know, a year and a half ago that really seemed targeted on taking advantage of the roster that they had and going and getting Devontae Adams and bringing Chandler Jones in. And, you know, there are players in that roster, again, that are in the prime of their careers, Max Crosby, Colton Miller, Josh Jacobs. So, um, you know, I, I think – the Raiders have to go into today with an, you know, an honest mindset and try to look at it and say, okay, where are we and where are we going? Um, you know, after the way Jimmy's played, like, I don't know where they are at quarterback. Um, you know, certainly I don't think Jimmy's played well enough for them not to be looking hard at taking one um, in the spring. Um, and, you know, if you're starting over at quarterback, where does that leave you with the rest of your stars? You know, it, it, again, like it's not a bad roster, it does have holes though. And you got a lot of guys that are right in the prime of their careers. And so, you know, the question is how do you get that quarterback position solved, either leverage what's left with the group of players you have, or, um, you know, whether or not you make the decision to start over with someone new. Do the Raiders sell today? I, I don't think it was their intention going into the weekend. I know it wasn't their intention to move Devonte Adams. Here's what I do know. 
Um, the Stefan Diggs thing, are you familiar with how that happened three years ago? Like what actually prompted that? Do you remember? No. It was actually a tweet. All right. He tweeted something about, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it pointed to him not being happy with the situation in Minnesota. No one thought he was getting traded at that point. Well, you know, Brandon being the Bills general manager saw the tweet, picked up the phone, called Rick Spielman. And I think 10 hours later, the trade happened. You know, so I'm telling I'm telling you that story because they may not have an intention to trade Devontae Adams, but there are going to be general managers that saw Devontae Adams' reaction on the sideline yesterday and his reaction in the locker room yesterday. And I actually think, like, if you look at it, he looks like a good guy who's just frustrated. That's my perception, like, watching him, um, you know, and knowing what I know about him. I mean, if you're a team that needs a receiver, aren't you going to call up? Aren't you going to, like, make that phone call today? So they may not have an intention of trading Devontae Adams, but does somebody put something in front of them that they can't say no to today? I think it creates an interesting dynamic that's not all that unlike what happened with Stefan Diggs um, three years ago. Where are the Lions right now? I'm, they look like a powerhouse. I mean, if you want to throw out the Ravens game, which was, I mean, a disaster for them in just about every way possible, um, you know, like they – have legitimately, I, I I was saying this a couple of weeks ago, like they don't look like a Cinderella. I know everybody wants to turn them into this cute Cinderella story. They operate like a pop powerhouse. They operate with strengths on the strength on the lines of scrimmage. They operate with playmakers on offense, St. Brown and Gibbs. And I think Jamison Williams will get there. Um, they got playmakers at linebacker. They got guys in the back end that look like they can really play. I mean, it's just, um, it, it, it looks like a team that, you know, maybe we should be talking about them with the Niners and the Eagles and the NFC, you know. I, I think, you know, if you want to look at the two teams, really, that have kind of stepped up into that arena, you know, because I think coming into the year we figured it maybe would be the Eagles and Niners and everybody else in a depleted NFC. If there are two teams that I think have sort of jumped up into that group, one would be Detroit, the other would be Seattle. Does anybody of note get moved today? So, like, I, it's hard to predict these things, right? Um, because I don't know that the biggest stars are actively being shopped. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're not being shopped, you know. But, again, these phone calls can happen. And we know Carolina is in sell mode. We know Minnesota is in sell mode. We know Denver is in sell mode. So the Panthers with Brian Burns, their contract negotiations have gone nowhere. In fact, there's been almost no communication since week one. Um, between the sides he's in a contract year they were offered two first rounders and a third rounder by the rams last year they turned it down they want brian burns and their football team going forward they can franchise him after the year and trade him then if they want to um they could pay him although it doesn't seem like they're willing to go into the neighborhood burns wants to be in to get there so if somebody comes and offers them the rams deal again do they do it that'd be one um, another be Daniil Hunter in Minnesota. If somebody comes along and offers them a top 50 or 60 pick, which hasn't happened yet, but if somebody offers them that, he's 29 years old, he's a free agent, he may not be on the team past the next 10 games, your quarterback is hurt, do you do it? He'd be another one. And then to me, the biggest name would be out in Denver. Denver's going to listen on everybody. They need picks. So they'll listen on Jerry Judy. They'll listen on Cortland Sutton. They'll listen on Josie Jewell. They'll listen on Justin Simmons. What if somebody offers a godfather package for Patrick Sertan? They have no intention of moving him. But what if somebody says, we'll offer you more than the Jaguars got for Jalen Ramsey in 2019, which was two ones and a four? Mm. Do they at least think about it then? So that would be another big name to watch. And then, of course, I mean, you could go to your Saquon Barkley, you know, in New York. You could go to your Derrick Henry in, in in Tennessee. Those guys are both in contract years. The Giants and Titans are more than willing to listen on all of their pending unrestricted free agents. I don't think those teams intend to move those guys. But, again, you never know what somebody could come along and offer when the deadline is there. He's Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback. If Kyler Murray is healthy, will he start for the Cardinals? I think they're going to play him. Yeah. Like, I think, I think they want to, my, what I've heard is that they want to, um, they want to gather information on him. And, you know, I know there are a lot of people out there that <laughs> um, think that the Cardinals are very focused on getting Caleb Williams or Drake may. Um, I do think that they want to have like a, a full understanding of what they've got in house and Kyler Murray. So 
that means playing him and that means seeing what you've got. And either he plays great and he plays, he plays well enough to move you off of the first or second pick or he doesn't. And then the decision's made and you're moving on after this year and you're taking either the USC quarterback or the North Carolina quarterback. But if you're Atlanta, yeah, wouldn't you reach out and just say, well, so here's the, here's the problem though, Dan, right? Like, I think that makes sense, right? It makes sense. Like, could Minnesota or Atlanta or one of these teams look at it and say, yeah, you know what, we take on Kyler Murray. The problem is that you, you're not trading for the player, you're trading for the contract. Yes. And, like, if you are Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, no, you're now in year three in Atlanta, right? How many more years are you going to get? One more. Two? Maybe one more after this, this year. and one, Yeah, probably. Right, right. So if you trade for that contract, you're tying your job security. To Kyler Murray. But they have a better chance of winning and keeping their job with Kyler Murray than they do Desmond Ritter. Right, but then that doesn't that take you out of play for a quarterback in April? But you won't need one if you get Kyler Murray. If you you, you know, you, like, like are you sure? Are you sure he's gonna play that well? Like that's the thing is like what the what the Falcons have told us with their what the Falcons have told us with their actions, Dan. Is but they have a 19th go, pick right now, Albert. They're not, but but they, but they're not going to. They didn't. I mean, they're not going to go all. What the Falcons have told us with their actions is they're not going to go all in on a quarterback until they are 100 sold. That's the guy. You can argue whether it's right or wrong, but they're not going to do it until they are 100 sold that they've got the guy. They feel like they're they can coach it well enough. They can put good enough players in the roster to tread water until they get there. Right, sort mm-hmm. of like. I don't know. Like this is different, but Andy Reid, we've talked about that before, where they took Alex Smith and they tread water until they got to Patrick Mahomes, right? They feel like they can tread water until they find a guy they're really willing to go all in on. I just, I think the problem with Kyler Murray right now isn't the player; it's the contract. And I think if you, with ownership, with job, all that different stuff, like with everything that comes with giving a guy a fifty million dollar a year contract or forty six or forty seven, whatever it is, I think it's forty six. Like you are tying, if you are Quasi Adolfa or Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, or you're Arthur Smith or Terry Fontenot in Atlanta, you are tying your job security to Kyler Murray if you trade for him. Like, would you feel comfortable doing that? If I'm sold on Kyler Murray, I don't want Kyler Murray, but if I think Kyler Murray in Atlanta, right? And and, and with that, they have skilled position players. And Desmond Ritter doesn't appear to be the quarterback. You're going to you're going to probably get fired because Desmond Ritter is not the quarterback, right? But you didn't sell out on Desmond Ritter. That's the thing. Desmond Ritter is making nothing. You can de- you can you can bench. But, Desmond but you've got Ritter. an eighty year old owner. All of these owners are in their mid seventies or up. You know, in eighties, yeah. they all they they don't want to be like hey, let's so, try it again. You know. Yeah, I know, and I I, I think the hard thing is like. I look like everything with the quarterbacks is context, right? Like Jared Goff wasn't good enough for the Rams. Okay. Jared Goff got the Rams to a Super Bowl, but the Rams decided, you know what, at that price, it's not worth it. If we're going to spend that much on a quarterback, we need to level up. So they go and they get Matthew Stafford. They win a Super Bowl. Right decision, right? Like you win that, you you lift up Lombardi, you made the right call. Jared Goff goes to Detroit in a different context. Right. Like he's not the savior and a lot of the money's off of his contract now. And you know what? He's just fine. Right. It's all context. And so if you are buying Kyler Murray on Jimmy Garoppolo's contract or Derek Carr's contract, that's much different than trading for his contract as it is right now. Because now if you if you trade for his contract as it is right now, well, because of the guaranteed money, you're tying yourself to the guy for multiple years. And eventually you have to, is that going to be good enough? Like, like when it comes down to it, when you're trying to get yourself over the top, is that going to be good enough? Or are you going to turn yourself into the 45 win NBA team that's paying a bunch of tier two stars too much money and can't get past Giannis, you know, can't get past like the Knicks. Right. Like they like, like, do you want to be the like, and that's, that's, that's the thing. That's what happens with these teams. Like when you pay a quarterback, when you pay a B quarterback with an A contract, there's a lot of evidence that shows us in recent years, at least, that that puts you in a place where you're like that 45 win NBA team. The 49ers got a lot of cap room. 
They, they do. They, they surprised us with McCaffrey, the trade deadline. Debo's hurt. Yeah. Why don't would, – would the Raiders make a trade with the Niners? If the, if, I don't know, CC, but that's so far down the list of their needs, don't you think? I mean, like, the, the skill, offensive skill is not their problem, right? But that's a luxury item. Okay, if you're it Kansas is, City. If it, is, but it, it is, but how much are you going to get him on the field? You know what I mean? Like, if you're the Niners, like, it's like, you got Kittle, you got Ayuk, who you're going to have to pay. You got Debo Samuel, you have Christian McCaffrey. I mean, if I'm the Niners and I'm taking a big swing, like, if I want to take a really big swing. Then you go for Burns? Burns or Sertan, right? Oh, like, Sertan, yes, yes. Like, you know what I mean? But like, why would Sean Payton come into a situation with a quarterback who's on the back end of his career, and Sean is, you know, wants to show that he can win without Drew Brees? Right. Now you're going to get rid of all the re- or, you know all the receivers the are available. Do, the reason you would do that is if you've decided that you're going to move on from that quarterback. But that, oh, okay. Do you think you that they I mean? would like, move on from if Russ you're, in if the you're resetting? Well, if they may, if if they're looking at it, because the interesting thing about about Russell's contract, a Sean didn't negotiate it, so Sean does it. So if it looks like a bad contract, well, Sean can say, well, that's not my contract, right? Like mm. I didn't do that contract with him. They could. The, the interesting thing about Russell's contract is it would be very expensive for them to get it out of it after this year. Like, I think they'd have to pay, it's like a $37 million. They'd have to pay like or $39 million of future money and guarantees to get out of it, right? But it's almost as expensive to get out of it the year after. So in other words, if you bail after this year, you're, you're effectively going to have to pay like a $39 million buyout to get out of the contract. <laughs> If you but but if you wait until next year, right, you're gonna have to pay a $37 million buyout to get out of it after 24. So it's kind of like, all right, well, do we just bite the bullet now? You know, if you don't think he's that player, and I don't think he's been the problem either. But it's also like you only have so long to build. So if you're if you're Sean, do you look at it and say, keeping Russell here is kicking the can down the road? We need to pull the Band-Aid off. And if you're pulling the Band-Aid off, don't you look at your roster completely different then? And don't you say to yourself, you know what? We got to go and build some draft capital. Because remember, they were cleaned out by both the Russell Wilson trade and the Sean Payton trade. They need picks. Great to talk to you as always, Albert. Thank you. All right, great. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, we're Cavino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio every day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show, we never get to everything. Honestly, because this guy is overpromising things we never have time for. Yeah, you blubber lips. Blaming me. Well, you know what? It's called Overpromised. You should be good at it because you've been overpromising women for years. Well, it's a Cavino and Rich after show, and we want you to be a part of it we're going to be talking sports of course but we're also going to talk life and relationships and if rich and i are arguing about something or we didn't have enough time it will continue on our after show called over promised well if you don't get enough Kavino and rich make sure you check out over promised and also uncensored by the way so maybe we'll go at it even a little harder it's going to be the best after show podcast of all time there you go over promising and remember you could see it on youtube but definitely join us listen to over promised with Kavino and rich on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what too is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I, I didn't mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. 
Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Let's bring in Chris Mannix, who joins us now. Chris, thanks for joining us. Um, let me start with Philadelphia here. I'm trying to understand... Joel Embiid. That's the first person I thought about when this happened. They get expiring contracts and draft picks. Harden didn't want to be there. Does Joel Embiid want to be there? Does he understand what's, I mean, you've got to look around and go, what, what is going on here? I think Joel Embiid is probably relieved to some degree that this is over before it could get any uglier in Philadelphia. Now, whether or not Joel Embiid becomes happy almost entirely depends on what Philadelphia does next. You know, they acquired two very appealing first round picks in this deal. The Clippers pick in 2026 and 2028. When those picks go on the trade block, a lot of teams are going to want them because nobody has any idea what the Clippers are going to look like in 26 and 20. Nobody has any idea what the Clippers are going to look like next season. So those will be valuable in a trade. And, you know, two names I've heard from people around the league already that Philadelphia will likely look into. Zach Levine in Chicago, the Bulls, we already kind of know they're going nowhere. And the Raptors have been, you know, kind of on the precipice of rebuilding for over a year now. So if the Sixers can go out and get one of those two players or somebody else along those lines, I think Joel Embiid would be ecstatic. I mean, he's already got a really good running mate in Tyrese Maxey, who looks like he's ready to take that all-star step this season. If they get one more player, and Levine and Ananobi both do different things. Levine solves the problem of an extra score and a ball handler. Ananobi is someone they can throw at at, uh, Milwaukee in Boston in the postseason in terms of wing defenders. I think that will make Joel Embiid happy. But right now... I think for Joel Embiid, it's probably wait and see what Philadelphia does next. Why do the Clippers want James Harden? You know, the Clippers have always wanted James Harden and or another point guard. They, they've not been, you know, thrilled with or comfortable, I guess the better word, with what they have at the point guard position. They really, really wanted Drew Holiday. When Drew Holiday became available, when he was traded to Portland, the Clippers really wanted him. They had some interest in Malcolm Brogdon, but James Harden was the next guy on that list because it gives them a little bit of everything. You know, he can score, he can play make. He's proven he can succeed on uh, quality teams with quality stars around him. And this really is, Dan, a tripling down on the present. Like this Clippers team is all in 
for this year. They've got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, who are, are currently effectively on expiring contracts. Both these guys have player options next year. Now you get James Harden, who's also on an expiring contract, and you're just kind of pushing all your chips in the middle and hoping you're starting five, which on paper looks like one of the best starting fives in all of basketball, you know, can stay healthy and give you a chance in the Western Conference. But I'm trying to understand Harden, and that's a dangerous game to play, that <laughs> he wants to be James Harden in the playoffs where you get to put up 40 points, that he doesn't want to be the guy who gets 11 assists and 21 points. He wants to be more of the James Harden, I get to have fun. How are you going to do that with the Clippers? Well, I think he can, because one thing, in fairness to James Harden, when he got to Philadelphia, he changed his game. He became much more facilitator than he was certainly in Houston and also in Brooklyn. I mean, he led the league in assists last season. I mean, he was a playmaker for them. His disappearance in the playoffs, particularly the last two games of that Boston series, was certainly alarming. And that was probably the reason, you know, Philadelphia wasn't willing to go as high on a contract that James Harden would have liked in the offseason. But I think James Harden, if he's happy, which right now, currently at you know 11 o'clock Eastern on a Tuesday, he is. If he's happy, I think he's going to be a net plus, you know, for the Clippers. Uh, I think he's going to find ways to to uh, to facilitate with that Clippers team. And when it comes down to it, James Harden can always go out and get his shots. And one thing to remember too, Dan, is, you know, load management is, you know, being discouraged, but the Clippers are still going to load manage. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is not going to play 70 games. Neither will Paul George. So James Harden is going to get opportunities during the regular season uh, to be the James Harden of old if he wants to. Yeah, I he was great during the regular season with the Sixers, with his role. And and then Doc Rivers came on and said, look, it changed at the All-Star game. When James wasn't named to the All-Star team, that's when he think that thinks he wanted to go back and be the James Harden, I'm going to score, I want, I want my shots there. I, he's going to want to be the same player when he goes to the Clippers. Well, you know, Dan, I, the only thing I would add, though, is if James Harden screws this up, I don't know where he plays next season. I don't know what the market is for James Harden next season. I mean, the, the backdrop of all this drama in Philadelphia is that James Harden wanted a multi-year contract. Like, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation if the Sixers offered, like, three years and $100 million. The Sixers didn't want to do that, understandably. Um, but James Harden wants that next deal. So if only for the short term, I do think you're going to get the very best of James Harden, best behavior James Harden. Mm -hmm. I, I think the Clippers for one year are going to benefit from James Harden, if only if only out of self-preservation, you know, wanting to be the best version of himself. Okay, do they? does he have a better chance of winning a title with the Clippers than he did with the 76ers? Uh, hard to say. That's a no. Uh, look, I, I think the Clippers with what they have, again, on paper, which is not dangerous. always it's just dangerous to do. <laughs> the Clippers, with what they have, have a decent shot to get out of the Western Conference. I mean, that starting five is really good. Zubac is a, is a solid center. Terrence Mann, who the Clippers wouldn't give up, uh, is, you know, when he gets back on the court, is a versatile guy. Uh, and George and Kawhi, you know, when they've played together, the numbers are outstanding. So if they can keep them on the floor, hmm. they've got a chance to get out of the Western Conference. The problem is, you know, you've got two Goliaths right now in the Eastern Conference. Not to say there are great teams in the West, but at the moment, two of the Goliaths out there are Boston and Milwaukee. And I don't know if Philadelphia with James Harden could have gotten through either one of those two teams. Could the Clippers with James Harden get through the West? I, I can see a, I can see more of a pathway for that than I can see the Sixers getting through the Celtics or Bucks. Okay, give me the priority list of best teams in california who's the best team want. who's the best oh. team in, in california uh golden state's still the best team i mean what they did to the pelicans last night was remarkable i mean that was without clay thompson and they just stomped on new orleans at home that was a game the pelicans really wanted to win to show how far they've come and let me tell you dan uh, I'm not a huge gambler but i think chris paul is like 1300 to one to win sixth man I'd throw a couple bucks on that. I would. Chris Paul as a sixth man 
is excellent. I was looking this up this morning, Dan. One of the biggest problems with Golden State the last couple of years has been the on-off minutes with Steph Curry, right? Like when Curry's off the floor, they've been terrible. When he's on, he's been great. Right now, and it's a small sample size, I grant you, but right now, the on-off minutes dramatically favor the off for Steph Curry. And I think a big part of that is because Chris Paul has been leading that second unit for the last couple of games. You watch that Pelicans game, you know, the first stint Chris Paul had with Steph on the bench, when Steph came back, they were plus six. Like, this is a huge difference maker for Golden State. So if, again, (laughs) if you want want to make a couple of bucks, whatever you use, whatever your gambling site is, Chris Paul at 1,300 plus 1,300 feels like a good bet. Okay, so Golden State, best team in the state of California. The second best team is? This is going to end with me, like, dissing Sacramento, which I don't want to do. But I I would – I'm right there neck and neck with the Clippers and the Lakers as number two. You know, again, injuries are going to decide their fate this year. But I I think both those teams are are on an even level. And Sacramento – to me, still a cut below just because I can't trust them defensively, especially in the playoffs. You've got to be, you know, a a upper half of the NBA defensive team to really succeed in the playoffs. And I don't know with this group of guys, which are, they're really good. I mean, Darren Fox is awesome. I've been a fan of Keegan Murray, you know, since he was drafted, but they, they don't have a lot of plus defenders there. And when you don't have a lot of plus defenders, you're going to have trouble winning in the playoffs. Great to talk to you as always, Chris. Safe travels. You Thank it, you. Man. That's uh, Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated senior writer. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.